Part Two, Chapter Thirteen of the Beach of Dreams. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlech. The Beach of Dreams by H. D. Verstackpole. Part Two, Chapter Thirteen where is bompart when they had resettled themselves she rose to go nodded to them and turned away towards the river then she looked back the big bull was following her and the rest of the herd were moving slightly in the same direction the bull passed when she turned then when she went on he continued following her lazily as if drawn by some gentle magnetic attraction across the river she turned and waved her hand to them then she went on in some extraordinary way the creatures had made the place less lonely and the wonder of them pursued her as she walked keeping to the sand patches where the rocks were and then striking along the great levels of pure sand her feet did not hurt her and she was beginning to recognize that touch with the world which comes to those who walk without boots something that humanity has all but forgotten all but ceased to remember as she drew near the caves she looked for the men but the beach was deserted then looking into the men's cave she saw latouche lying on his back asleep his pipe beside him and his arm flung across his eyes where was bompart he ought to have been back by this and as she turned and looked up and down the beach a vague uneasiness came upon her it was as if for the first time she had recognized the value of bompart in their small society bompart with his age and heaviness and patent honesty despite his stupidity was a present not to be despised if latouche had been another man she might have awakened him to make inquiries as it was she preferred to let him lie bompard she had last seen crossing the rocks of the lizard point it was there that she must look for him she went to the cave where she had left her boots and put them on for the climb when she reached the point she found the work easier than she had suspected the rocks were not strewn at random they were in reality break-offs and tables of the basalt the whole point was like a great lizard that, creeping stealthily towards the sea, had been stricken into rock. She climbed, and in five minutes was on the highest point with a new view of the coast before her. It was like looking at ferocity. Here the rocks were broken and tumbled about, indeed rocks huge and spired like churches, cliffs black and polished with the washing of the waves monoliths standing out in the blue-green water and all ringing and singing to the chime of the sea inland canyons of night and shoulders of dolerite and plains where nothing grew leading to great level bastions fortifications that seemed built by rule and plumb line where the markings of the basalt visible through the clear air basalt has that terrible peculiarity it seems the work of a hand 
it makes castles and fortifications whose ruled markings bear the inevitable suggestions of masonry and across all that not a sign of life save the wings of the tireless birds teal and duck cormorants and beyond the seaward rocks the great sea geese fishing and the guillemots flighting and the white tern darting like dragonflies where was bompart had he by any chance come back and taken some other road off the beach there was only one way the break in the cliffs beyond the caves she thought it highly improbable that he would have come back only to leave the beach by another way the descent from where she stood and towards the bed country was quite easy alluringly easy no he would not have gone on she sat down to rest and watch at any moment he might appear in the distance from where she sat the sea lay straight before her and the far-off islands to the left and the rock-strewn coast to the right the great curving beach behind her the country stormed away stern grey-grimmed and treeless to the foothills whose misty mauve lay stretched before the mountains every now and then she would turn towards the left searching the country and the cliffs with her eyes but no form appeared she remembered now that he had talked about sea-birds eggs and how to get them might he have gone hunting for eggs over those cliffs and fallen she remembered also when the two men had come back from their expedition inland that they had brought an alarming story of a bog like a quicksand latouche had blundered into it and he would have gone down only for his companion they had also said something about potholes like shafts in the basalt she turned her mind away from these thoughts and passing her fingers through her hair removed the comb which held it in a rough knot shaking it free to the sun and wind she combed it with her fingers and rearranged it and then looked again nothing it came to her suddenly that though she were to sit there forever the vigil would be useless that bompard had gone never to return she reasoned with this feeling and reasoned only increased her fears it was now noon bompard was not the man to go on a long expedition by himself he was too inactive and easy-going now something had happened to him and he might at that moment be lying dead at the foot of some cliff or he might have broken a leg and be lying at the foot of some rock unable to move she rose up and came swiftly down to the beach reaching the caves she found latouche opening a tin it was dinner time what has become of bompard she asked have you seen him since he went off this morning over those rocks bompard replied the other mon dieu how do i know no i have not seen him he is big enough to take care of himself that may be she replied but accident happen no matter how big a man may be he has not returned so it would seem said latouche who had now got the tin open and was turning the contents on to a plate but he will return when he remembers that it is dinner time 
Her lips were dry with anger. There was a contained insolence in the manner and the voice of the other that roused her as much as his callousness. His mind seemed as cold as his pale blue eyes. All her mixed feelings towards him focused suddenly into a point. She loathed him, but she held herself in. If he has not returned when we have finished dinner, said she, we will have to look for him. She took a plate and some of the beef he had turned from the can, and with a couple of biscuits drew off, and taking her place outside in the sun, began her wretched meal. A rabbit that had run out on the sand sat up and looked at her as she ate. Then it ran off, and as she followed it with her eyes, she contrasted the little friendly form with the form of Latouche the dark innocent eyes with those eyes of washed-out blue, without depth, or, perhaps, veiling depth. When she had finished eating, she put the plate by her side and sat waiting for Latouche to make a movement. Bompart that morning had left his tinder-box behind him in the cave. She heard the strike of flint on steel. Latouche was lighting his pipe, she waited ten minutes or more, then she came to the cave mouth. Are you not coming to look for Bompart? asked she. I'll go when I choose, said he. I don't want orders. I gave you no orders, she replied. I asked you, are you not coming to look for Bompart, who may be in difficulties, or lying perhaps with a broken limb? And you sit there smoking your pipe but I give you orders now. Get up and come and help to look for him. Get up at once. He sprang to his feet and came right out. It seemed to her that she had never seen him before. This was the real Latouche. One word more from you, he shouted, and I'll show you who's master. You, talk to me, would you? A woman more trouble than you're worth? Off with you get down the beach clear he took a step forward with his right fist ready to strike open-handed then he drew back she had whipped the knife from its sheath the boat hook which she had brought back with her was propped against a cliff behind her and out of his reach he had no weapon she did not add a word to the threat of the knife he stood like a fool unable to sustain her gaze venomous yet held as a snake is held by a man's grip now she said get on go search for your companion and if you dare to speak to me again like that i will make you repent it you thought i was weak being a woman and alone you are going to strike coward get on go and search for your companion he turned suddenly and walked off towards the lizard rocks I'll go where I choose, said he. It was a lame and impotent end of his rebellion, but she held no delusions. This was only the beginning, if Bompart did not return. She put the knife in its sheath, and then she put the boat hook away, hiding it behind the sailcloth in her cave. Then she went into the men's cave. Latouche's clasp knife lay there on the sand. It was not much of a weapon, but she took it. She examined the dinner knives again. They were almost useless as weapons. Then she came out. 
Latouche had disappeared beyond the rocks, and she came to the boat. There was nothing here in the way of a weapon that he might use, unless the oars. They were heavy, but he was strong. She determined to leave nothing to chance, and, carrying the oars down the beach to the break in the cliffs, she hid them amongst some scrub brushes. Then she remembered the axe, sought for it, and hid it. Then she came back and sat down to reconsider matters. The position was as bad as could be, as bad as Latouche. Once let this man get the upper hand and she was lost. She would be his slave and worse. She had measured him finely. Instinct, never at fault, told her that to pull down anything above him would be meat and drink to Latouche's true nature and that his hatred of her superiority was deepened by the fact that she was a woman. Were she weak, he would beat her and make her cook for him, trample on her, make her his woman to fetch and carry, and, if Bompard did not come back, she was here alone with him and would have to fight this thing out. Well, she could not fight it by brooding over it, and she was not helping to look for Bompard. She drew the knife from its sheath and held the eight inches of razor-sharp steel balanced in her hand for a moment as though admiring it. Then she replaced it in the sheath and started towards the lizard point. End of Part 2 Chapter 13